have, uh, we uh, each week we pray for a different church and I want to do that today and you know I don't want to just be up here and just Brian you know praying for another church. I really want us as a body to say hey let's lift up this other body. Would, let me put it this way, would we enjoy people praying for us the way that we pray for them? Oh yeah, I wish, I wish they did it all the time. So let's put what we would want them to do for us. Let's put that kind of effort and faith into this. Amen? So right now, will you agree with me? Let's pray for Spirit and Truth Church and Pastor Daryl Medley. So Lord, right now, we just... I, hold on, time out. Um, Jeff, come up here. You pray. You pray Spirit for and, Spirit and Truth is down. Yep. Right down here now. It's um it's right off of Moss Springs Road and Pastor Daryl's a great friend, but okay. just felt like I wasn't supposed to pray, so amen. Go ahead. Appreciate that. Yeah. I'll, I'll return that favor. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a privilege to pray. Yeah. That's part of what we're supposed to do as a body. Lord, we just we give you thanks for let's see, what's his name again? Daryl Medley. Yes. Lord, we just give you thanks for Daryl Medley that he was willing to stand up and answer the call. Yeah. That when you said, Who will I send? He said, Send me, Lord. I'm ready. I will go and do. And he's ministering and he bears the burdens of ministry. And we just pray that you give him the strength and the wisdom yes. and the courage to just continue on no matter what his earthly and fleshly circumstances are that he knows who he is in Christ his identity is a solid foundation yeah. in Christ and that he takes that truth and that knowledge and he just passes it and disseminates it out throughout his congregation and everywhere he walks on this planet including Albemarle and Stanley County we just ask you pour your blessing out on that church as they continue to walk in your righteousness we just give you thanks for them Lord we lift them up bless them now in the name of Jesus Amen. 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 Praise God. So, you know, I don't have to be the head lead in everything, and that's what that was. The Lord really wanted you to be a part, and that was just a perfect example of that. And as we open up ourselves to the Holy Spirit and His leading, those are the th kind of things that can happen. And today, I believe, you know, somebody else besides me, and when I ask, kind of sought the Lord inside, I believed He wanted you to pray. So thank you for leading us in that. Amen. So, hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, good to see you. Start over. I feel like we're like hitting the reset button again. And All right. So it was a third day Mac Powell kind of day. I really like that in worship. You know, that was really awesome. And Stephen's, huh? Stephen and George did too, yeah. And, and Stephen's uh, tithes and offerings went right along with this. And, you know, I was thinking during worship, how can you have a bad day if you understand the grace of God? So, amen. Just thought y'all ought to hear that again. I don't, anyway, so there you go. Let's turn to Matthew 6.33. And we started this last week, and I believe that we're finishing it this week. And uh, we're talking about seeking first. And Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Now, I want you to just look for a second at the simplicity of this verse and how much promise is in this one verse. If we would just catch the simple truth that before we seek anywhere else, seek Him first. And I said last week, I said, I tried to say it in umpteen different ways, seek first. Seek first. Seek 
first. Seek first. And if I did that for 30 minutes, that would probably relate because tomorrow you'd be going, seek first, seek first, seek first. And if you could do that and live your life thinking, you know, oh, what do I seek? Seek first, the kingdom of God. If you could just get that ingrained inside of you, matter of fact, it'd probably be a good a little uh, thing for you to do on your way to work tomorrow. Don't do anything but pray this way. Seek first. Lord, I'm going to seek first. I'm going to seek first. Now, after about a minute, you're going to be bored with yourself. But if you did that all the way to work, I'm telling you, I think your life would change because you would start to reprogram your thinking, which we need to be renewed to the Word. Our mind and our body is supposed to be cleaned by the washing of the Word. And so this is the Word. This is who God is. This is His character and His nature. And our job is to reprogram our own mind. Renew your mind to the things of God. Don't be conformed to the world which tells you to seek everything first but God. But our job is to seek first. Seek first. Seek first. You know, here's the thing. When you start putting the kingdom of God and his righteousness and God first, here's what happens. The, the reasons for doing things changes. Your reasons for doing things, your reasons for thinking, your reasons for working, your reasons for finding a, a spouse, your reasons for everything changes. Because all of a sudden you're putting something first and it's in godly order and all of a sudden when you have godly order that lines up, the picture of your life starts to become clear. If you've ever been going through life and it just feels cloudy and I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing, a lot of times it's because they haven't sought first. They haven't sought God first. And so their priority system is out of line with God. And all of a sudden now... When you start putting that in line, the picture starts to become clear. Well, when the picture becomes clear, when the map becomes clear, you can see clearly where to go, how to get there, what's involved, how long it's going to take. You start to see these things clearly, and you start being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, and God can pour out who He is on you. He's got all these great places lined up for you, but it comes back to, are we just saying that we trust God or are we actually doing something with that trust? Is our, is our actions and our thoughts on our faith because of our faith actually doing something or are we just coming to church, oh yes, I'm a Christian, big deal, if we don't do anything with it. And the biggest thing that we can do is say, hey, Lord, let me seek you first. Let me seek you first. So here, seek first. You know, and I asked last week in today's environment, where do you go when you want to find out something? Several people shouted out, Google, you know, including me. And I'll tell people, you know, they're like, Pastor, where's that verse? I'm like, go Google it. That's what I'd have to do if I don't know where it's at. And I don't know where all of them are. Just type in what you think it is. I do it all the time. So y'all think I got all these, these answers and got these scriptures all memorized. It's just because I've Googled it more times than you. That's all. But here's the thing. You know, the truth of the matter is, God knows more than Google. 
Matter of fact, you know, there's that commercial, you can't always trust things on the internet. And, and it's true, there's a whole bunch of stuff on there you can't trust. You know why? Because a lot of it's written by people that aren't seeking God first. And if they're not seeking God first, then their priorities are out of line. And all of a sudden, the whole way that they live life is out of line. And let me just give you these priorities just so you can see, okay? God is top. Spouse second children third this is biblical i'm giving you the cliff notes okay it's not children spouse god this is specific order god spouse because you're supposed to be one don't put children in front of spouse you will get messed up and you will mess up your kids if you do that god god's in front of your spouse if you want your relationship with your spouse to actually be what it's supposed to be, God is at the top. God, spouse, children, the, your extended family, the body of Christ, and then work. Okay, Then your job. A lot of people put children or work at the top of their list, and that's the reason that they do stuff. This is just a good priority list. God, spouse, children, extended family, body of Christ or your church, and then your work. Okay. Now, why is that? Because when you got those priorities right, there's actually a life of God that will come up in you. See, most people think that their source is their job or their source is their spouse or their children and that's why they've got it out of line. So all of their efforts go to them and they start seeking after a spouse or they start seeking after children or they seek after grandchildren or they seek after a job. But we're supposed to seek God first. And what happens, I love this because there's huge promise in this. When we seek His kingdom and His righteousness first, He says, and if you read the beginning of this pastor, pastor, pa passage, there you go, that's the word I was looking for. When you seek that passage, here's what happens. You'll see that all of a sudden what He's talking about, all these things that will be added to you, it's everything in your life that you need or desire. In context, it's everything you want. And he says, if you'll just learn how to get your priorities and actually stop and seek him first, always leaving yourself open to him and his leading and what's right in him and what is the kingdom, what's going to benefit the kingdom of God the most, if you'll just leave yourself open to that, he says, all of a sudden, here's what will happen. All that stuff, it'll be added to you. In other words, all that stuff, it'll chase after you. Yeah. See, and we have spent and been taught all of our life, you know, well, if you're going to have a good life, you better go get a good education. Well, that's not necessarily true or untrue, but here's what it is. You're seeking the thing over God. You know, who said that God wants you to go back to that university and get another degree? Maybe God did. Very well could have. Maybe he didn't. You know, university, all that stuff, that's man-made stuff. Not necessarily God-made stuff. Now, he tells us to study, to show ourselves approved. And if we're in any situation, we ought to do it with excellence. But you need to seek God first to know the plans that God has for you. That means you put him first. You make him a priority. Okay? 
There's a lot of people out of place in their life because they don't seek God first. So we uh, talked about last week what, what is one of the first things that an enemy will do in war between headquarters and the men in the field is they'll cut communication. And see, if the devil can get us to focus more on our flesh than he can on God, all of a sudden, we're not seeking God first. So in other words, if you can picture a soldier out in the field and he picks up the telephone, it's not the telephone to headquarters. It's the telephone uh, to somebody else who doesn't have all the information, who doesn't have all the intel like God does, and that's very well likely to be intercepted by the enemy, given false information, counterterrorism, counterinformation is what I meant, uh, counterinformation. It's very well to be all kinds of information that is the wrong stuff. But if we'll learn to pick up the phone to God and seek Him first, now we'll have all the answers, all the supply, everything that we need. We talked about last week, really, seek first is humility. I didn't say these directly like this, but let me give them to you now. Listen, when we seek God first, here's what happens. You know, if you feel like you have all the answers to something, if you think you know everything, then what reason do I have to check with God? I already know it. Well, what does that sound like? That's pride. See, seeking God first is humility because first of all, even if I have revelation on a subject, but I still know how to keep my heart right, that's saying to God, I don't know everything. You know, I've, I've had revelation throughout my life where God's poured out stuff, and I made the mistake as a young believer to think that once I got one revelation, man, I had it. I had arrived in that area of learning, and man, I got it. Well, that was about the stupidest thing I could have ever done. Because for me to think that that first revelation was the only level of God that there is, that's ridiculous. That's really dumb. And I was that, really dumb. Because I thought that I had revelation. I was talking to Nicole recently, and one of the things that became very evident is you know, you can, have, you can have theory in your head, but that doesn't mean that you have actual revelation in practical living. You know, you can say, in other words, I could come up to you and ask you a spiritual question. You could answer every spiritual thing. But when it comes down to when you get into the moment and, and, it, and it's the real deal, you don't operate that way because you had it in theory, but you really didn't have it in your heart. And so when we seek first, what we're saying is, Lord, even though I think I know something, even though I think I've got this, I still always, it doesn't say seek first only at the beginning, I always need to seek you first because I can miss it. And there's more to you than what I know right now. So it's humility. Seeking first is, is an act of humility. And listen, God gives great grace to the humble. He resists the proud. In other words, not seeking Him first, that actually puts me on a path that comes head to head with God. It puts me in direct opposition with God. But when I seek Him first, He lifts me up and gives me great grace because of that humility. Seeking first is humility. Number one is, Lord, I don't know everything. Number two is this. Lord, I'm seeking You because I need You. I can't do this without you. In other words, let's take God completely out of the earth, completely out of my life and everything. 
I am a ball of goo on the floor. I'm a mess. For me to be, look, for you to be breathing today took God. You can't do anything. You would not be able to form a thought had God not breathed life into you. Without Him, you're nothing. And, and seeking Him first says, hey, Lord, I'm being humble because I just can't do this without you. And you may have gone through, let's say that I prayed for healing umpteen times, 10,000 times, and see, seen people healed. Well, there's this thing in human nature, in the flesh, that says, well, now, you know, I've done it 13,000 times. I don't have to seek God anymore. Well, that's basically saying, Lord, I don't need you. Trust me. And I go up here and I try to do it healed in Jesus' name and just you know, try to release that anointing and I don't have God. It ain't working. Because it was God every one of those 13,000 times. It was never me. I just got by myself. It was I just opened up obedience so that it could flow. I let God flow through me. Lord, I need you. And so in other words, when I go to pray or do anything in my life, what I'm doing is, Lord, before I even do this, it's got to be you. It's got to be you. I want to seek you. Because he may say, do it this way or do it that way. And that's what I needed to know. Just because I've done it 13,000 times in one particular way doesn't mean it's supposed to be done that way today. I've got to seek him first. Seeking first is humility. One, I don't know everything. Two, Lord, I need you. And three, I seek you first just simply because I love you. I just love you. And obedience says that I should seek you first. It sees that verse and says, this is your heart. I just love you. I just love you and I want to do it the way that you want me to do it. In everything that we do, we should ask these four questions. Number one. What does God want me to do? Number two, does this advance God's kingdom? Number three, how should it be done according to the way the kingdom works? In other, word, other words, there's an order and there's a way of God. And if it doesn't line up with that, I don't need to be doing it. Number four, what would be done in an absolute righteous way? In other words, if I could do something and it was absolutely right in the eyes of God, that's the way this thing needs to be done. If I'm not doing it that way, then I'm probably not seeking first. Okay? Because I'm seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness. <clears throat> Let's go into uh, Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1. says this, says, Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift the best of his firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain with his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Now, I want you to see right here, you know, which one was actually seeking God first? Which one was making God a priority? 
Now, was it just because Abel brought, you know, an animal and Cain brought fruit and vegetables? No, it had nothing to do with that. It, it had to do completely with the heart. And so does your seeking first. Lord, I put you first in everything. The statement that I wrote down is, if we're seeking God first, we're always bringing the best and not the leftovers. We're always bringing God the best and not the leftovers. You know, I look at this just in church attendance. Y'all are all here this morning. It's awesome. You're doing great. Good job. Yay. If you're seeking God first, though, and you go through your week, and I mean you are just completely exhausted because you've given everything to your week, and then it comes time to go and, and to fellowship with other believers, are we bringing him our best? Are we bringing him the leftovers? I see you're here. So, awesome. Good job. And I know some of you, man, just getting up and being here was a big deal. But we should be thinking throughout the whole week, what's my best? In other words, it's kind of like this. Let, let me put it this way. If you had, we've got to renew our mind. If you had a big project on, on Monday morning, tomorrow morning at work, I mean a big project, it's going to take everything out of you, Right? Are you going to stay up late tonight? Are you, are you going to, you know, drink a whole lot of caffeine right before you go to bed? Because tomorrow you need to be awake. You need to be open. You need to be ready. See, a lot of times we'll give more priority to the things that are at work or the things that we want to do than we will to God. And what we're bringing to Him is our leftovers and not our best. And what we're doing is we're not seeking Him first. We're seeking Him whenever we got time. We, if we're actually bringing our best to God, then we start making His things a priority all over our life. In other words, I'm always going to bring my best to you. I'm always going to bring it to Him. And what is this? This goes back to, this is humility. And today we're talking about how seeking first, first is faith. Verse 6, he says, why are you so angry? Talking to Cain. The Lord asked Cain, why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. So many times we're going through life and... and we really just aren't putting God first. And so we're not doing what's right. We're not bringing Him our best. And, and who wants to be Cain? Who that knows that story wants to be Cain? And yet, I would say probably, and not just to make us feel bad, but to get us to wake up. Here's the alarm clock. We've been Cain practically every week. Really, every day. And we will fuss at Cain. Man, we'll, I know, you know, Cain was so bad, killed his brother. And yet, we bring God the leftovers every single day because we don't seek him first. We'll have a short service after this to pray for healing for toes. I apologize. Uh, I caused damage. We'll have to correct that. I'm sorry. Didn't. 
You, you can blame that on the Holy Spirit, I believe. Yeah, it is. Because we need that alarm clock. We need that wake up. You know why? Because without that wake up, we still stay in this dream state that we're doing everything right when we're not. And that's the worst place to be. That's why the Lord says he, he corrects, he rebukes, and he encourages those that he loves. So I don't want to just say, hey, you need correction. I want to say, hey, with this correction, where does it take you? Because there's a fruit when we actually make these changes in our lives. We actually start having all God's things added to us. I don't want to be going through life and God's paid for me to have something and He paid a dear price for it and I basically snubbed my nose at it because I never sought Him first. I want to, if I'm not seeking Him first, I want to wake up. And I want to wake up to the reality that I need Him. I want Him. He need, I need everything that He's got. I don't do well without Him. You don't do well without Him. And if some way that I'm asleep, we need that alarm clock. And that's what love does. It says, hey, you know, look, let's wake up to this. Let's make this real. But it's not just sitting there and it's not just stuff you got to do, you got to do, you got to do. It's you got to do. And then look what God does. It's way beyond what you can ask or think. It's huge. But it starts at us participating with God. Not just talking about faith like what Stephen, but actually putting works behind what we say we believe. And if we're not actually having works that back up what we say we believe, we probably don't believe it in the first place. Let's look at Hebrews 11.4. It says this. It says, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. And my question was, I was reading this, I was reading about Cain and Abel, and, and, and my question was, how did Abel show faith? He showed faith by his actions, by seeking God first, by not bringing the leftovers, but bringing Him the best. And let me just show you this. Let's just say, uh, I need like three people, Jeff and Seth and Roger, will you come on up? Uh, come on, J.D. All right. So let's say that these are fruit of a crop. These are all part of a flock, okay? And, and let's say... <laughs> get back here. All right, so let's say that Jeff was the first fruits. And let's say that, that, he, was, um, that he was the very first one and he represented the best. There's no flaws. There's no, uh, in other words, let's say that these are sheep. All right, sorry, not trying to demean you, but <laughs> let's say that you let's say that these are she that was wrong. Who did that? <laughs> Somebody went, nah. <laughs> so all right. So let's say that these are sheep. Now as a as a farmer, when I go to market, where's the value of who I am? It's in these sheep, right? And let's say that I'm going to market and I get to go to market tomorrow and sell these. Then when I go to market, then my value, what I'm going to get out of it is what I get out of the sheep that I sell. This is just one example. Let's say that Jeff is not only the first, but he's the best. Let's say he's the best sheep. 
All these others are good, but they, you know, they might have marks on them stuff, so I get more money for one that doesn't have marks. See, this is what Cain did. Mm, let's, and I'll, I'll pick on JD if he'll let me pick on Let's say that these went in order, and this is the lowest quality, this is the highest quality, and it's just simply because of the order that you stood up here. It's not saying anything. Amen. Some, who had, I loved your disclaimer about the fool, by the way. That was awesome. So, uh, so let's say, here's what Cain did. Well, I've got to bring God something so I can get the most money here and more here and more here. This is where I'll get the least amount of money. So here, God, here, I'm bringing this offering to you. Will you, will you do that again? <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting you to do it. That's awesome. <laughs> You're turning red. That's all right. There's the camera right over there. <laughs> so that's what Cain did. I got to take God something. So I can just give him anything. So here's the issue. Now here's what Abel did. I got to give God something, but I'm seeking him first. So here's the sheep. Let me give the best. If I'm going to give God something, let me give the best. But here's faith. All right, now watch. All right. Here's faith. Let's say that it just goes like this. I could get one coin, two coin, three coins, four coins, right? So if I gave JD, that would be two, three, and four. You're looking at nine coins that I could earn off of this. But if I gave Jeff, then that would be one, two, three, six coins. You see? The best cost me something. Seeking God first generally is going to cost your flesh something. In other words, your flesh and the Spirit are not going to see things the same way. And it's going to cost you. But if I don't consider God worthy of the best, what am I saying? And here's what, here's what a lot of people are saying. I can't afford to lose three coins. I can't afford to lose that. So I'm going to give God this, because I might not have enough by the time I need to pay my bills. Where's the faith? Where's the seeking God first and honoring Him first? But here's what faith says. Here's where faith was in Abel. Six coins versus nine coins. Six coins may or may not be enough to actually pay my bills but I know who my source is. I know that God is my source. I know that everything comes through Him. In Him is my life. In Him. So Lord, here is my best. And faith says, and I might not have, maybe I need seven coins to pay all my bills. I trust that God will return it to me before I need it. That's faith. That's seeking Him first. 
So a lot of times people will give the leftovers simply because they're not in faith. And so the end result is they don't seek God first on anything. And the end result is they don't have anything added to them. But if they would seek God first, then they would say all things would be added. Because when you plant this seed and you're first, Here's what God does, all right? You go sit down because you're given. Then God does this. He says, come on, let me give you some more. Let me make those lambs fruitful. Everybody, come on. Everybody. Now, now we got, you see, and He just grabs, grabs supply and grabs provision. And you know what? What started out as one, two, threes, they keep going. All of a sudden, they become more valuable. Why? Because God's adding the increase. Because we sought first. They're, they're all fours and fives. They're all that way. And the ones stop being. They, you stop seeing those. Why? Because we sought Him first. Seeking God first is an act of humility, but it's also an act of faith. Thank you. If you go back into chapter 6 in Matthew, it says this. Matthew 6.31 Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? You see, this is why we treat work so important. Because ultimately, this is what's going on in our head. If I don't go work, how am I going to pay my bills? What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? If I don't go work, but see, that's just it. They don't really realize who their source is. They don't realize that when they put God first, spiritually, it produces physically in their lives. And this, is, this is absolutely not a message to, you know, talking about tithing and giving. This is talking about how do you make choices in your life? What do you give to God first? Do you seek Him first or not? Not just in your stuff. In your mind. Are your thoughts, are the beginnings of your thoughts about God? Or are they about the things you're after? Are your actions and your activities, are they about God or are they about what you want? Are they about keeping the important things to you or giving what's important to God? Are they about you know, uh, just giving God anything or giving Him your best? Not just money. I'm talking about this is if I could do this more, if I could get this more across, your thoughts, your motivations. If you'll seek Him first in all of those, what motivates you? I asked the question last week. What are the things that you're, that you're working towards? What are your goals and what are your dreams? And here's the thing. If God asked you to give that up, could you? And if you can't, then you've got those priorities out of line. I, years ago, the Lord told me this. He said, if you can't release something in your heart and in your mind to me within about two seconds... That thing has you. So in other words, imagine, I'll, I'll do it like this, reverse psychology. Do not think about the thing that is most valuable to you right now. Do not think about that. All right, that thing. So if they, if God said, I want that. If God said, I want that. Right now your flesh is going, mm, mm, mm. 
no, uh-uh. But your spirit's going, yeah, yeah, yes, do that. Why? Because your spirit's going, seek Him first. Amen. Seek Him first. And you know, your most valuable thing could be uh, your movie time. Or it could be your you know, Facebook time. Or it could be you know, your, your favorite activity. It could be a number of things. The question is, are you seeking Him first in everything? And God wants you to have fun. God wants you to have things that, that you have fun in. He wants you to have hobbies and collect things and do all these different things. But He doesn't want that stuff to have you. If it takes you more than about two seconds, if God said, give me that, and it takes you more than about two seconds, that thing has you. And you need to check that. You need to say, and I, I like doing this with everything in my life. Lord, does this thing have me or do I have it? If you ask me for it, could I hand it to you? You know, right now what the Lord's talking to me about and I'm handing over to Him is just like eating. You know, I've found myself at night. I like snacking, right? And the Lord's saying, I don't want you to snack. And that's just what he's talking to me about. And, and I'm like, oh, I want a snack. I kind of like it. I want to. Well, which, who has which thing? Do I have snacking or does snacking have me? You see? Snacking. That could it'd be like a curse word. Snacking. So, all right. So. Don't worry then about saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing. Look, the Gentiles, and what he's saying here is the unbelievers. The unbelievers eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. In other words, here's what I'm asking. I'm not asking you whether you're a Christian or not. Are you a believer or not? Because a believer doesn't worry about those things. But an unbeliever, whether they're a Christian or not, an unbeliever says, how am I going to get this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And they, they form their lives first around supplying those things. But it says, your heavenly Father knows that you have need. And that's just it. We're back to the sheep. Do you really trust God to meet your needs? Seeking God first is an act of faith that says, Lord, I'm going to give you my best, and I trust you will have everything and supply everything right on time, right when I need it. And I can tell you, Nicole and I started applying this some years ago, probably 10 years ago, not just in theory, but in practicality. And, and we really went after this and started seeking Him first. And when somebody would come up and they'd hand us you know, hand us an offering or money or something to us personally or give us something. The very first thing that we learned how to do is say, hey, why do I have this? Why do, why do I have this money? Why, is it, why did you give this? Is it supposed to be for me or is it supposed to be for somebody else? Because just because they give it to me doesn't mean it's mine. Because I'm seeking him first. You know, a lot of times we'll receive, oh yes, I've been believing for this forever. And you'll be like, spend it, spend it, spend it. Right? Mine, mine, mine. 
I've, I've more than a few occasions had somebody hand something to me and the Lord say, that's for somebody else. That's not for you. I just want it. But here's what he did. He opened up the doorway for me to not only receive, but also sow. In other words, he wanted me to sow and it didn't even really cost me anything. He wanted me to sow a good seed and it didn't even really cost me. He, he provides seed for the sower, in other words. This is what we have to... But if our, our mindset is not seeking God first, then we're like, in my hands is mine. Period. It comes through my hands, it's mine. And you know what that is? You're grabbing a hold of stuff. You're not believing in God. And, all the, and it's not that God doesn't want you to give you stuff. I had a situation a couple years ago and, and I was believing for a TV. And I had been believing one for quite some time. I think the one that we replaced, we, we bought right when we got married. So it was about 13 or 14 years old and it had this big blob green area on the right corner and I was tired of watching that green area. But for a couple of weeks, I didn't go out and buy one. I just trusted the Lord. I started to. I was on Best Buy one day with my finger like this on the mouse. And I went, and this verse came to me. This is not how I do anything. I don't have your leading to buy this today. It wasn't two months later somebody handed enough money to go get the TV and all the stuff to me. And, and this is what we did. Lord, why do we have this money? What's this for? And then the Holy Spirit said, go get the TV. I already had it picked out. It was still in Best Buy in the shopping cart. You know, I was like, I knew where it was. I knew how much it cost. And it was just enough to pay without having to go into debt for any of it. So it's not always that the Lord wants it to go straight through you. He wants to add to you too. The question is, do you trust Him? He says, look, for the Heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. This is just it. When we seek Him, do we really trust that God's going to come through? Sometimes I have to do this. Sometimes, you know, the Lord is, he'll, you know, somebody will come up to me for prayer, right? And I could answer that question or I could release my anointing on that. And God will say, no. Pray with them over the phone. Or sometimes he'll say, don't call them back yet. And I'm like, but Lord. And then all of a sudden, I'll get a phone call a couple hours later, and they'll say, everything worked out. God came through and did this or did that. Everything worked out. And what I'm trusting is that God will come through. Sometimes the Lord, by seeking Him first, He has a different way of getting His blessing to people. He doesn't want me to just go handle it right then. But I seek Him. Just how do you want this to happen, Lord? What, what's your plan? In other words, I'm not going to assume a plan just because I've done something 13,000 times doesn't mean that it won't, He wants it done this way. We've got to open up ourselves and say, Lord, what do you want? Leave ourselves open to it. I trust that you can meet the need. I trust, Lord, that you can meet it by the time that it's needed. I'm seeking you first. It's faith. I've had, I've had multiple times where people have come to me and they're praying and the, and the Lord, I told the Lord, Lord, they don't have enough faith to do that. They don't have enough faith to get that prayer answered. I know they don't. I know where they're operating at. And the Lord will say, 
And so they're coming to me asking for some big thing, and, and I'm like, yeah, amen. And I'm thinking, that ain't going to happen. And y'all, y'all are like, oh my gosh, Brian's not so holy anymore. No, no. I, I'm thinking, they don't have enough faith. I learned the lesson. I don't think that now. Thank you for all your judgment. <laughs> Here's a, so I learned, and the Lord said, just watch. When they give me, it doesn't matter where their faith is, they just give me their faith where they're at, I make up the difference. It's what my grace does. And I'll be sitting there, I'll pray for somebody, and all of a sudden it comes through for them, and it's like this big, huge miracle, and everybody's going, praise God! And I'm going, yeah, praise God, how'd that happen? You know, what, what in the world? And I did that about three or four times after we started the church, and I'm like, this thing works differently than I thought in my head. I thought it was all... You know, what I was bringing to the party, and it's not. It's what they, it says the Lord supplies our needs. In other words, that, that root word there is to supplement. He'll take whatever you give Him if you'll just give Him what you have. Seek Him first, and He will supply the rest. But the unbelievers, the Gentiles, eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Do I trust that He knows it and that He's working on my behalf? Verse 33, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Verse 34, So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Relax in His hands and in His grace today. Seek Him first in everything. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Stop worrying about if I'm going to have enough money to pay whatever bills I have and give Him your best, not the leftovers. Listen to this in the message and we're done. What I'm trying to do here Matthew 6, 31-34. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. That's good. People who don't know God and the way He works fuss over these things. But you both know God and how He works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provision. Steep, you know, you'll steep tea. In other words, you'll throw a tea bag into the water and before you go to drink it, you're supposed to let it sit. Meditate in that. You're supposed to ruminate over God's things, right? You're supposed to sit in there. Steep. Look what it says. Steep your life. In other words, sit. Meditate in a God reality, in the realities of God, in God initiatives. Why is God doing this? What's God up to? I want to be up to what God's up to. Steep yourself. Meditate in God's provisions. In other words, what my thoughts ought to be concerned with is not the worries of tomorrow or the worries of today. My thoughts ought to be in, man, God is so awesome. His reality blows my needs away. The things that he's up to they are so great and awesome I'm going to be up to those things his provisions they're everywhere I need to sit on that meditate in that steep yourself steep your life in God's reality God initiative God provisions don't worry about missing out 
you'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. We're going to have communion today and as we wrap up, if you want to go get the... That'll be fine. We're going to have communion. And and here's the thing about communion. It's for us to remember what Jesus has done for us. Very often I use it as a time of commitment. Okay, Lord, I'm going to seek You first. And, And as I take communion, it's representative of the blood covenant. Let me seal the things that I've learned today. Let me seal seeking first today. And I want you to do that, but what I also and really most importantly want you to do is recognize that through the passion that God had, through the blood and through His body, all of these things, all of these needs, they're already covered. And if I can just seek Him first, I don't have to worry about the needs. I just go after God. I bring Him the best not the leftovers. And so as you take communion today, as you, as you think about the blood that He shed and the body that He gave, I want you to think, this stuff is over. It's finished. This stuff is done because of the grace of God. I don't have to worry anymore. I simply just need to receive by faith and humility the grace that God has poured out for me. I simply need to receive And recognize as you're taking this today and remembering what Christ has done for you, these things are done. I can seek you first in everything. Let's just pass these out. Lord, I don't want to bring you my leftovers. I want to bring you my best. You can just stand up if you'd like to. Lord, I don't want to not trust you. You know, most of the things that motivate us to do the wrong things stem from an attitude of, Lord, I really don't trust you to meet my need before I have needs that need to be met. I really don't trust you to get it to me in time. But if we seek Him first and we make Him a priority, what we're saying is this. Lord, I'll give it all away. And you'll have it all back by the time I need it. Because that's who you are. The question is, a lot of times we haven't... Listen to this, please. The, the problem is a lot of times we haven't sought God first because we're afraid of what He might ask us to do. I'll say that one more time since it went over so warmly. A lot of times we don't seek Him first because we're afraid of what He might ask us to do. And what that's showing is we actually don't trust Him to replace And bring the things that we need in time. I don't want to ask the Lord, you know, if He wants me to sail the bass boat. And I don't know anybody here that has a bass boat, so I'm trying to be neutral. 
I don't want to ask the Lord if He wants me to sell the bass boat because He might tell me yes. I don't want to seek Him first. I don't want to make Him a priority. He might tell me yes. Well, let me just tell you, if you really know who God is and He tells you to sell it, He's got great, huge reasons. And He's got something that's so awesome in the kingdom of God. In other words, you can put it like this. In God's eyes, in all His wisdom, in all His knowledge, He's got something that blows the bass boat away. And it might just be one person getting born again, and that's okay in kingdom eyes. And what you do is you trust the Lord that that's more important than the bass boat. Well, I worked for 20 years. Well, who told you to do that, first of all? Second of all, do, do you have the bass boat or does it have you? Third thing is, are you really saying that whatever God says pales in comparison and importance and priority to the bass boat? So we've got to learn to trust Him. Well, He might ask me for everything. He might. And it would put you in an unbelievable opportunity to walk in obedience with God. I've had moments in our lives where I felt like he was asking exactly for that, for everything. And everything, every time that I've ever experienced something that's a higher nature like that, God's always come through in miraculous ways, in ways that I could not foresee. And it's been beautiful and a huge testimony. The question is, do we trust him? Do we want to just bring him our leftovers? Or do we want to bring them our best? Do we want to bring them our leftover faith? Or do we want to grow in this thing and bring them our best? This all comes back to seeking Him first. Today, Lord, we want to bring you our best. We don't just want to remember you, but we want to bring you our heart. We want to bring you our life. Seeking you first really means that we're all in, that we're humble that we're faithful. We want to bring you our best. And today as we take communion, we remember those things. But also, Lord, we remember that we're empowered to do this and you have paid for everything because of the love and the grace that you poured out on humanity, poured out on me, poured out on you individually when Christ came and gave himself for us. Lord, your body and your blood it was something that you made a choice. You did not have to do. Jesus, you did not have to do this. You could have left us. But he assigned a worth and a value to you and me. And he said, you're worth me dying. He sought the heart of the Father first in that garden, even over what he wanted to do when he said, not my will be done, but yours. Lord, we act, we, we act today to extend our faith, to extend humility, to say, not our will be done. Here's my life, my choices, my thinking, and I give it to you as I remember what Christ did. And I allow the work that Christ did to empower me to be one who always seeks you first. Lord, thank you for the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen.
always get the last word. It's a nice, it's a nice little privilege I get. Um, one thing I did not have until I came to Boomerang was the giant neon guilty sign above my head. Apparently only pastor knows how to turn that on. Thank you for that. <laughs> guilty. So if you find yourself in that position, do something about it. You know, stop doing what's making that guilty sign. Come on, get rid of that sign. Um, as far as seeking first, just think about if Adam and Eve had sought God first about when they were being tempted, when the devil put that lure in front of them, try this apple. If they just said, oh, hang on just a second. If Pastor Brian had been there, all of this could have been avoided, you know. Let's go talk to God first, see what he's got to say about it. That's awesome. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is, um, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever had natural peanut butter. It, all that good peanutty, gooey goodness sinks to the bottom and the oil comes to the top. And there are times when you want to have that peanut butter and it's just, it's an awesome food. You have to stir it. And it's really hard to stir because it's so thick and, it, and it's hard on the wrists. But when you stir it up, it's, it's, it's one of the world's most perfect foods, unless you have a peanut allergy, in which case you're out of luck. But it's one of the best foods. And so that is with Christianity. Sometimes we come in here, we get used to doing things the same all the time. And we settle out. And then, man, you, you got to stir yourself up. And it is hard. And you know, Sunday mornings, when you're busy doing stuff on Saturdays, it's hard to stir. But you got to do that to get all that goodness, that godly goodness of yours, up into the mixture so that it can be good nutrition for other people. Stir yourself. And so I feel like that's been kind of the, uh, an issue with the church as a whole and as me and as an individual. So we need to kind of focus on stirring each other up, stirring ourselves up, because it's contagious. When you're around someone who stirs himself up, man, you can't help but get stirred up. So that's awesome. So we want to concentrate a little bit about stirring ourselves up. So we're going to change things up a little bit. And if you think you're going to make that 12:30 deadline, you're sadly mistaken. <laughs> sadly mistaken. Okay. A couple of things to announce. Um, if any of you are visiting for the very first time, you can see myself and my wife, Tara, over here. We will be over here by the bookcase, and we have a gift for you as our way of saying welcome to Boomerang for your first time. Uh, if you have any prayer needs, or you just want uh, a word of encouragement, or you want a sympathetic ear, uh, please see Barrett and George. They're right here in the front. They will come up front here, and they will serve your prayer needs. They'll pray with you, they'll pray for you, uh, or they'll just listen to what your circumstance is and let the Holy Spirit guide them in prayer. Um, all of our services are available online. We have a video archive under the media tab. So if you enjoyed what you heard here or at any time, you can go on the website, which is www.boomerangchurch.org, and you can look those up. Uh, remember, as you leave church today, seek out, experience, and then give uh, thanks for God's grace this week. Does anybody happen to have something they want to share today about how God's grace was good to you this week? Nobody? Nobody experienced God's grace. Okay, so we're a born-again church. Okay, uh, Jade, I saw Jade first. You can. Would you come up and share with us? Um, mine actually just happened this morning when I got here, so that was pretty great. Um, yeah, we went to the water park yesterday. We went hard. We went all day at the water park, and we ended the day. Me and Paul went down a water slide. <laughs> kind of complicated the way it happened, but I busted my head on his shin. Like, slam. Like, he's like, ow, I'm going to have a huge bruise there now. And I was like, yeah, how do you think my head feels? So we <laughs> left, and I had a headache all night. Like, all night. Just type of headache that makes you sick. Yeah. 
that kind of headache all this morning. I was just in and out of the restroom and just felt, ugh. It's like, we're going to church. Yeah. I want to lay in my bed and cry, but we're going to church. <laughs> so I get here. Yeah, I get here. and Yeah, came in and Barrett, her, um, you believe in healing, but you feel like you're not quite worthy of it yourself. And I was sitting there, I was like, duh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, that's it. So, I mean, I sat, you know, just said a silent, quiet little prayer, simple prayer, and then, bam, my headache is gone. I don't feel nauseous. I feel, yeah, it was, it was really good. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Did you want to share? Come on over. Can you catch me on camera here? Come here, sweetie. What's your, what's your story about Grace? Yesterday, I saw some chicks. What kind of chicks? Sandpiper chicks. Sandpiper chicks. And how is that the grace of God? Do you know? How about the fact that they were little, tiny, little chicks, and they were perfectly formed, and they're running around out in the wild, and God takes care of them, and not one of them can either be born or die without God already knowing about it. So what do we have to worry about? We're so much more precious than those little chicks, aren't we? Amen. Amen. Yes. Thank you, sweetie. Okay, and, but lastly, before you go, remember we have bulletins, so make sure you take a bulletin and review. There are all the announcements and upcoming events are on the bulletin as well. So let's just go to God in prayer. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the guilty signs. We thank you for a church that's willing to stretch us and grow us and not allow us to settle and stir us up. And we just give you thanks, Lord, that we can come in freedom and worship you openly and that we have um, uh, a fellowship of believers here that's strong in their unity and we'll stir each other up and none of us will fall or fail without the others coming alongside them and lifting them up, be it physically or in prayer. We just give you thanks and grace for that, God. And we just come to your courts with praise and thanksgiving and your courts do not end here this church is not your courts all the time uh, your courts are everywhere church is not defined by this building we're we want to have church everywhere we go we want to have church wherever we are whomever we're with and we just give you thanks that we have a church that talks about the truth and we know the truth and we can go out in the world and share that truth and we give you thanks for all that you've done for us in Jesus' mighty name Amen. Go on, have a good week, and be prepared to bring your testimonies of God's grace next week. Darkness you shine Out of the ashes we rise